0: for the next hour. Keep the radio dial right there. The sports machine was slim. I'm going to expose something that's wrong. I'm the type of person that just, I I can't let something go when I know something's wrong. And this started two nights ago in the NBA with Jalen Brown when he, in the midst of a 40-point game while Jason Tatum is out, Catches the ball, drives to the right wing, rises up from the baseline with three seconds left on the clock and tries to win the game for his team. It's a tie game. Jalen Brown rises up, gets clobbered in the head. Now, I mean, clobbered is a word that some people might say is a bit selective, (laughs) used to kind of make my point, whatever. He got hit in the head, and he got hit hard enough for it to throw off his shot. That's the point of a foul call in the NBA, is if the defender makes contact with you while you're going to shoot the ball, and it impacts your ability to actually make that shot, that's a foul. And that's what happened the other night when Jalen Brown rose up to try to win the game for the Boston Celtics. And as he said on the court afterwards, this is expletive. This is expletive, expletive, dog. This is expletive, 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 dog. Because he knew he got fouled. And the refs tried to tell him no. But initially the ref had called that yes, he did get fouled. And that's what made it all the much worse. Is you go to the replay center after the fact. And they say, oh no, you didn't get fouled. Anybody with two eyes watching the television and the 20 different replays could see he did get hit in the head. So there should be an investigation. That's what Jalen Brown said after the fact. I'm here to do your investigation, Jalen. I hear you. As a Celtics fan, the sports machine with Slim here, New Hampshire's Next Generation Talk Radio. I hear you. I'm conducting an investigation, and I don't like what I'm finding. You know why? Because the same junk happened in a game last night, and so we're all just going to tune... Sit back and tune into some ESPN uh, radio clip here that I, I listened to this morning. Listen to what uh, this gentleman, who you probably don't know who he is, Darko Rajakovic. Darko Rajakovic. Let's hear what Darko has to say. Andrew, can you cue, cue that for us, please. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug.
1: That's what? that's that's outrageous what happened tonight this is completely bs this is shame shame for the referees shame for the league to allow this 23 free throws for them and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter like how to play the game i all i understand uh respect for all stars and all of that but we have star players on our team as well how's possible is scotty barnes who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force, trying to get, get uh, to, the, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain it, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is gonna be all-star. He's gonna be the face of this league. And what's happening over here during the whole season, I've been holding it back. It's a complete crap.
2: Crap. Coach, do you feel like you're getting any explanations at all? that offensive foul? Did you did you see like get any explanation?
1: No, no, there is no explanation. They just, they just come up there, they review what, and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us, what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They, 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 they don't just want to protect us. Over the game, they got 36 free throws, 23 free throws in, in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we going to supposed to play?
0: Is this a, a one-off, or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot throughout the season?
1: It's happening a lot, but I'm telling our guys, be professional. Keep fighting. Keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long?
0: Great question, Darko. Thank you, Andrew, for that. That's perfect. We can cut it right there. Darko, I hear you. I hear you. And I'm here to continue on with Jalen Brown's investigation. And I'm here with you to try to be professional as you're coaching your team, to try and maintain their emotional strength, their level. Don't talk to the refs. Don't complain. Focus on playing the basketball game. Be professional. The sports machine with Slim here on WKXL Radio, I want to be a professional radio host. So I don't want to just come out of the gates and say the NBA is totally rigged. right? That just would be unprofessional, even though some people might think the NBA is totally rigged. Right, that's but I don't know if that's something. Can you say the NBA is totally rigged on the radio? Can you say that like it's crooked and people are on the take? Is that okay to say on the radio? I wonder, Darko, because you didn't say that necessarily last night. But am I able to say that because Darko, I I can see maybe the refs didn't like the way your team was playing. Maybe you didn't play physical enough, as LeBron James said after the game, because that was Darko Rajakovic, the coach of the Toronto Raptors who last night lost to the Los Angeles Lakers 132 to 131 and as you heard Darko say, the Lakers for the game shot 36 free throws Toronto shot 13, so maybe the Lakers just were the beneficiary of of a slight whistle advantage as LeBron said, well, I think they fouled and we didn't. So there you go, LeBron. Hey, okay, that, that's a take. That's how LeBron feels that maybe Toronto fouled enough times to justify the Lakers going to the line 36 times, and the Lakers didn't foul much at all, and that's why Toronto only went 13 times to the line. But here's what I'm seeing, again, with my eyes, just as I did two nights ago when Jalen Brown obviously got clobbered in the head, and the replay center overturned the call incorrectly. I watched the game replay here, and with about 20 some odd seconds left, Scotty Barnes rises up to shoot a three. I believe it was Scotty. Rises up to shoot a three, lets the ball go from his hands, whistle blows. The score was 124 to 121 at this time, so just for me to better set the stage. Toronto has the ball, they're down 124 to 121. Scotty rises up to shoot the ball. Let's go of it. Whistle blows. The ball goes in the basket. So now the game's going to be tied. But no, no, no. Shot doesn't count because of an offensive foul call on Toronto setting a screen against Anthony Davis. I watched the replay. It's not a foul. That's incidental contact. It's as much a foul on Anthony Davis as it is on the Toronto Raptors player. And the the problem I have here is that as a ref, when you're in the midst of a fourth quarter where you have given the Lakers 23 free throws and Toronto two free throws and you're professionally paid to ref the game and you see the flow and you see how tight it is and you've given the advantage to one team 23 times to the line, Toronto goes twice, and you're going to blow the whistle on that team with 20-something seconds left, that is on the take. I'm not afraid to say it, and I'd love to talk to an NBA person who wants to try and challenge me. And I'll, I'll bring Tim Donahue into the discussion and I'll bring the phone calls with Scott Foster into the discussion. This has been going on for years and years and years in the NBA. It's time somebody with a voice on radio stands up and says it. The NBA is crooked. The gambling is very important. As I said the other night, when Jalen Brown rose up from the baseline to shoot, the Celts were favored in that game by three and a half. The ref makes the call. It was a tie game. Even if Jalen Brown goes to the line and makes two, Indiana still covers. I had sent a text to my brother in the third period saying to my brother Dave, this game is fixed for the Pacers. I can tell by the way they're refing it, there's been three or four calls in a row. If, If you watch the whistles, the refs control the game. They'll give the advantage to one team or the other, and you can tell how they do it if you watch close enough. In the playoffs, sure, they let him play a little bit differently. But there's a reason why Scott Foster, in the game three of playoff series, where one team is down zero games to two, he comes in and they just miraculously win game three of the series. It was something like 15 games in a row up until last year. Because he knows how to do it. And for people that are watching basketball, yesterday I was on the air with Mitty, and he said, you know, I just like to enjoy the the purity of the game, and so do I. That's being robbed. That is being robbed. I got a problem with it, and I'm not afraid to say it. And we got some more problem stuff I'm gonna bring up in segment four of the show today. Next, we're gonna be talking about the Bruins on a little bit of a lighter topic. Thomas Polk will be joining me, our resident hockey expert, to shed some light on the Bruins. Narrow defeat last night. NHtalkradio.com is where you listen to WKXL Radio. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Be back in two minutes. Let's jump right back into it on the Sports Machine with Slim. Lance's Next Generation talk radio show. Sports talk radio show, baby. Before we go to the Bruins, I just want people to know, this is not just me, a, a regular fan, complaining. This is not just a random rant. This is a problem in the NBA. The officiating is a a serious, serious issue because it's not just faulty or defective. It's dirty. I'm, I'm here to say it. And, and uh, you know, People that don't think that's the case, you just ain't paying attention. Let's flip the page and turn to the Bruins, where I can uh, you know, speak a little bit less passionately, even though the Bruins have lost three out of four. But uh, I think I need some expert advice on what's happening with this team, the state of the team right now. So I'd like to welcome onto the airwaves Thomas Polk, our professional licensed local health insurance and Medicare broker. Thomas, thanks for coming back, baby.
2: Thanks for having me. So It's great to
0: be on. Right on. Did you hear my rant about the officiating in the NBA?
2: <laughs> I did. I did. I, I can't make any comments on the NBA. <laughs> I sometimes get a little whiff of it, but not really much of a basketball guy. So,
0: I, I occasionally...
2: Yes, I, saying, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I occasionally hear uh, my contacts on Twitter complain about the reffing in the NHL. I don't see it to be quite as much of a, of an issue as in the NBA though. I'm not saying it's rigged in the NHL but I will say, I mean, the, the refing in hockey certainly can have an impact on which team wins.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with refereeing. I, I know it's tough on those guys. It has to be and 50% of the people are always going to be uh, mad at you for whatever you do out there. So You know, I can can see both sides, but obviously, as a player, as a fan, if calls don't go your way, you got to get aggravated.
0: Yes, especially when it's completely obvious that they made the wrong call. But uh, with the the Bruins last night, I continue to like what I'm seeing out of them battling, man. I know the night before, they had played against Colorado, battled to 4 4-3 loss in overtime with the shootout. Then last night, we go to overtime again at Arizona. Did you watch the whole game, Thomas? What did you think about the compete level of the Bruins?
2: Yeah, I think that's something that's there all the time with them. That's never an issue. I mean, they're working hard. They had plenty of chances to put the game away. Obviously, uh, having the issue with the goaltending at the very end and having Swayman get thrown in the last couple minutes there in OT after sitting there for, what, two and a half hours, that's always a tough one. But they definitely had enough chances, and... I mean, I know they lost the last couple, but they did manage to squeak a couple points out of it, so that's always good.
0: Well, that's it. In the NHL season, you look to just acquire points, (laughs) accumulate points as you go through, and some days you're going to be, I mean, luckier than others, and some days you're going to be better than others. What I notice with the Bruins, though, it does seem to almost be like, Uh, different guys are are coming through each night, whether it's a one-off goal here or there, but just interesting stories. And this one dude, Thomas, I'll tell you, I didn't know anything about him. Do you know anything about Jesper Bokvist? How do we say it? Bokvist? Bokvist, the Swedish guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was with the New Jersey Devils, I think, for like four years, but we just got him. It's his first year with the Bruins this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's fitting in the lineup, right? he's doing his stuff, and obviously you're going to need more than just your star players to produce and uh, help you out. But uh, I'm sure it's a good addition. I mean, he's only played five games so far. So, uh, you know, we'll see how we can do, how he will do uh, when he plays a few more games for them.
0: The skill set was on display last night with that second goal for the Bruins where he kind of went through traffic all by himself into the middle of the ice and loaded up with a real nasty wrist shot that was just lasered past the goalie.
2: Yeah, it was a nice shot and story, young guy. So he's definitely gonna do well for them. Obviously, having only played five five games so far, new system, new coach, new team. It'll come, but he's a good player.
0: Well, that's the, sk- the skill. Thomas, is the big thing that I I want to be able to talk about and really notice for me as a hockey fan or growing hockey fan because I I don't have a ton of knowledge about the game of hockey other than what I've watched through the years and most of my experience is watching during playoff time. I'm a Pink Hat Bruins fan. I, I usually don't watch a ton during the regular season, but I am this year because I want to be able to talk about them on the radio. I do know that in years past, it just seemed when we got to the playoffs, Thomas, like guys weren't... Showing me a lot of skill finishing goals. I, I, I don't know if that was because, um, and maybe I'm wrong with that take, or because I just don't think we had the right finishing skill set on display. Uh, now I just see like these younger guys, the newer guys to the team, like this play last night by by Boquist um, and this Portress guy, or I don't even know how to say his name. I know he's got skill. I like the new dudes coming up showing that, hey, wait a minute, uh, I, I think they're going to be able to fill some goals for us in the playoffs. <laughs>
2: No, I mean, at the end of the day, playoff hockey is a whole different beast from the regular season. The, the skill is still there. Obviously, the new NHL, the last decade or so, the way the talent level has increased from past decades, it's incredible. It's fun to watch as a fan. But obviously, in the playoff, it does change a little bit. It goes a little bit back to old school hockey where the refs keep their whistles down a little bit. And you got to fight through stuff. Right? You're not going to get some of those ugly goals in tight. Skill alone is not going to win it all for you. So we got to figure out how to fight through it a little bit and and still make the skill work. But there's got to be definitely a little bit more grit in the playoffs. But yeah, like you said, I mean, there he's a young player. He's 19 years old. So obviously uh, there's some room for him to grow, but he'll be a great player for the Bruins for years to come.
0: So let's dig into this with Thomas here, uh, who, for people that don't know, he played in the NHL for, I think, five years with both the New York Rangers and the Islanders. When I'm watching the games, and I wrote down last night, Trent Trent Frederick, looking good to me. Okay, And the reason I wrote that down, Thomas, is I see him going into the corners over the last few weeks, battling for pucks, Coming out with it like cleanly, he's winning that physical advantage. That's what I'm noticing. I don't know his reputation prior to this year, or if maybe I'm not seeing things, but that's the type of play I think we're going to need people to make like in the playoffs. That way, you say it's different, regular season versus playoffs. I'm talking guys need to be able to go in the corners, win the battles for the puck, and somehow get them centered out there to the guys that can finish it. What are you seeing from from the guys with the Bruins? Like somebody in particular, let's say Trent Frederick, do you know know enough about his game to say, hey, when playoff time comes, this dude's going to be able to produce for us? Yeah, I mean, if you
2: look at him, he's a first-round pick from a few years back. This is his fifth year in the NHL. He's a big body, and that's definitely his game. So uh, you can definitely see his scoring touch, uh, you know, halfway through the season. He almost matched his last year's total in goals. So um, he's definitely going to up there and they need him to produce. Now with uh, Craigie and Bergeron and him like uh you know, it's the next generation of guys that need to pick up the slack, but you know, he's been great for them this year and uh, he's only going, going to get better. Uh, he definitely plays that heavy style game for the playoffs, so I'm, I'm not worried
0: about him. Good. Well, I'm going to pat myself on the back. It tells me I kind of know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I, I lower myself down saying I don't know much about hockey, but I am able to pick up that, hey, this dude is winning battles and watch know enough now to say, okay, maybe I, I can feel confident about some of my, my picks. I will say uh, Brandon Carlo, and I'm not looking for you to talk negatively about anybody, Thomas, but I feel like Brandon Carlo loses too many of those battles in the corners. I'm not sure.
2: I've always been a fan of his game. I I know for his size, he might not be as physical as some people want him to play. But, you know, he's a good second, pair defenseman for the Bruins. He's done his job. And, you know, uh, at the skill level and the way the league is played, you're not going to win all your battles. But overall, I mean, if you look at his stats, this year, he's doing well. He's uh, helping the Bruins out.
0: The whole team is doing well, Thomas. I'm just wondering, as we start to get positioned here, For the playoffs. I mean, half the season is over, right around half the season, and I'm looking to say, hey, can this team win the Stanley Cup? Do we have to trade a goalie? I know we talked about this last week. I'm starting to get on the mindset when you lose these close games, when your team is just battling their guts out, you get to overtime, and you just can't finish them off like these last two nights, I think... Uh, you start to go, well, wait a minute, maybe we need something to push us over the top. Is that taking out a goalie? Is that adding the new player? Where do you think the Bruins should add if they're going to, when we get closer to the trade deadline?
2: Well, we like you said, we're halfway through the season. They're doing great, way better than anybody expected. The goalie situation for me, um, looking what happened yesterday with Omar Glade, I mean, that just shows you it's nice to have two capable 1A and 1B goaltenders, right? We're not going to know what exactly is going on, but I personally would feel more comfortable having two of those guys back there, knowing that if something happens, I have another guy that is ready to, you know, perform. Uh, having said that, the playoffs are going to change a little too, right? The shootout, this storm, and the three-on-three overtime, although mm-hmm. fun for the games, <laughs> it does change. We're going to play five-on-five till somebody wins. And I like the Bruins' chances. Uh, does that mean they can't find or won't find someone else? Um, I'm going to say they, they will go out there and find a little more help. Uh, what they will do, uh, we'll see in the weeks to come. Here, I mean, I think it's uh, early March where the trade deadline happens, so there's a little bit of time here.
0: The, but. Big, the big thing I look at, Thomas, as a fan is I look for the team chemistry, whether it's basketball, football, any, any sport. I just look to see, hey, how are these players conducting themselves around each other with the opposing teams, and uh, are they guys I want to root for? As I watch the Bruins, like you said, with the goalies, I love the embrace at the end of games. I, I want to root for the Bruins. I want yeah. to, and I think we got the right type of chemistry. Do we have the talent?
2: No, I, I think it's yeah. I mean, as you've seen the playoffs in hockey, it's one of those things. The best team doesn't always win. With the Bruins, it was last year. We saw that. They went in first with all the records and had a tough time.
0: But I, I think they'll be all right this year. There we go, Thomas. That was Thomas Pope. Our resident local licensed health and Medicare insurance broker. Thank you, Thomas. You're listening to WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. This is nhtalkradio.com. Team with Slim returning from a two-minute break there. To open up the phone lines, 603-224-1450 is the number I said and I repeat. 603-224-1450 is the number. I say that number because we're going to give away a Loon Mountain Lift Pass right now to the person that calls in. 603-224-1450, first caller. We'll get a free Loon Mountain lift ticket. And look, I can rant with the best of them. I can be angry talk with the best of them. As I've said before to people, my goal every day is to try and uplift anybody who listens to this radio show. It might not seem it when I'm on the air ranting and raving and complaining that the NBA is totally rigged. I probably shouldn't even be saying that, but it is. So, you know, what uh, what are you going to do? But for the second half of today's show, I'm going to try and flip the script and go a little bit more positive. And I think to help me do that, I might have somebody on the phone line right now. Caller, I'm not sure who you who you are. What your name is? Want to tell the uh, listening radio audience? Sean. Sean. Sean is the name. Yep. Sean is on the line. Sean, do you go skiing at uh, or or snowboarding at Loon Mountain? I I, I I ski. Nice. Ever been to Loon Mountain before? I go every year. So good. You have you already gone this year? Do you want to go again this year? I would love to go again this year. <laughs> well, I think that's going to happen. Then you get you get a free lift ticket. That's the plan, right? I said it, and now I'm holding oh. true. Sean, you are the uh, the winner for today. So, uh, right. do you have a message? If you if you're cool with being on the radio, if you have anything to say, do you have any messages you want? Just keep it clean. That you want to say out there to the radio listening audience. Uh,
2: I'm just uh, happy to be able to go skiing. One of my
0: passions. How many times a year do you usually go? Uh, I would say a dozen. Oh, wow. And Loon is like that your go-to spot, or you just go once a year? Because I've never, I have never—I don't think I've ever been there.
2: Uh, well, I have a buddy that has a place up there, so we were able to stay for free and just pay for the lift ticket. This time I won't have to pay for anything. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> you go up there and you ski for the whole weekend, or what do you do when you typically go up? Because that's like, I don't know where you live, but from Concord, I think that's still an hour and a half or so away from here, right?
2: Well, I like to go for a couple days because I live out in Stratham on the seacoast.
0: Nice. Yeah, I went to UNH. I've, I've lived mostly in the Hampton Beach area through the years, Epping, Brentwood. I like that part of the state. But this western part of the state is beautiful, too. So there you go. I thank you very much. I don't know if you already gave Andrew the details and stuff, so how he can get you the ticket. If you haven't, make sure you stay on the line. And uh, congratulations on, on winning the free lift ticket. Like you said, it's going to be a free free time for you, free trip. Good work. Thank you. Cool. All right, Sean. So there we go. That's how to do it. It was just that simple. And, because, and I say it was just that simple with the phone number and that stuff uh, because we're going to do it again tomorrow and the next day, Thursday and Friday. And then we'll see what happens for next week. But we got free lift ticket coming up uh, tomorrow and Friday. The Sports Machine with Slim here on WKXL Radio. We're giving away some prizes. I'm giving away my predictions all the time. Sometimes they're better than others. Here's one for you, baby. The Patriots are not going to hire Mike Vrabel. Write it down. The Patriots are not going to hire Mike Vrabel. At least not as a head coach. You know why? Because he's not that good. Oh, he's out of the Patriots system. Oh, this and that. Oh, he beat Tom Brady in his last game. My brother Dave called me yesterday after the show. When it was announced that Vrabel got fired. You know, he got fired because he wasn't very good. That's why you typically get fired. Three years ago... Tennessee, I believe if it was three years ago, was the number one seed in the AFC. Lost in the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill, Ben the quarterback, each year just got worse since. Last year, I think they lost their last seven games, actually. That was probably worse, but they started out, there was something like 10-3. and three. Maybe 8-3. and three. And then I think lost their last six games. I'm just throwing numbers out there, but check the stats. Tennessee melted at the end of last year, and this year they didn't do much better. Yeah, they won their last game to stop Jacksonville from making the playoffs. Whoop-dee-doo. That Jacksonville team couldn't tackle to save their lives. And now, even though Rabel has a reverse track record of being good, like, you know, he was good three years ago, less good and, and less good, now we want him to come here? Have you looked at the guy on the sidelines during the games? He's always miserable. I know we want something different like that. I had said a few weeks ago, hey, I'd like Pete Carroll. (laughs) Bring Pete back. (laughs) I know he's under contract with Seattle. He's not moving anywhere. But I just think in this day and age, you need somebody that's like rah-rah. You need a player's coach in that manner, Sean McVay, in the Rams, how he took them to a Super Bowl, lifted them out of the darkness. We need to find new energy if you're going to get rid of Belichick at all. And I am on the record here saying I do not want to get rid of him. The dude is obviously a competitor, right? He didn't stop Tom Brady from winning six Super Bowls. Now, Belichick was not the reason why we won those. Brady was. But Belichick certainly didn't stand in the way. And he contributed. He did his part and then some. It's tough to win without the greatest quarterback of all time. Ask every NFL organization. Ask the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there's a reason why the best quarterbacks in the league seem to win the Super Bowl every year. That's kind of how it works. It's the most important position. That's why the Patriots are going to need to draft a quarterback with the number three overall pick. And I know people say Marvin Harrison, and I've kind of bounced back and forth, but Jaden Daniels is the guy we want. Number one reason why Jaden Daniels should be the starting quarterback for Game 1 for the New England Patriots next year is excitement. This guy will be must-watch television every week, and fingers crossed as I say it, because I do have a history of jinxing people, Jaden Daniels knows how to play without getting injured. Remember that huge hit he took against Alabama in the game earlier this year? He was back playing next week. He's, he's a competitor. He's a big dude. He's six four, and he's fast as lightning and has a cannon. So Jaden Daniels is the guy that I want starting for the Patriots, and I don't want him being coached by Mike Vrabel. Is that guy a quarterback builder? I don't know. They drafted Malik Willis with, like, the number eight pick a couple years ago in Tennessee. Has that guy done anything? Has he gotten any bit better? No. Not at all. Ryan Tannehill, is he getting any bit better? No. You don't want to hire a, a stodgy head coach from the defensive side of things when you got a brand new quarterback that's going to be coming in. If you're going to do that... Let Belichick stay as the coach. Because not for nothing, at least our guys ain't been getting hurt. Mac Jones didn't get sent to the bench because he got hurt. He got sent to the bench because he stinks. Bailey Zappi, he's been playing. So Belichick has done what he's needed to do to kind of circle the wagons, keep the guys with play calls, keep them safe as best as he can. Keep the team in it. With a chance to win most games, and that was the case this year. As bad as the team was, the defense kept the Patriots in games. Are we talking about that? Like, If you look at other teams across the NFL, was that the situation with most losing teams? No, you had teams getting absolutely blown out. The charges, I said, with Brandon Staley, 70 points they gave up one night to a team that had only scored, I think, six the week before or three the week before. I think they lost that game six to three to Minnesota. Like, teams quit when they're bad. Belichick hasn't let them. And maybe you say, oh, Gerard Mayo should be the next coach. He was coaching the defense, and maybe he's the reason why the Patriots played so competitively with their defense through the years. Okay, I-, I suppose I'm open to that. I ain't going to say nothing bad about Gerard Mayo because I actually liked him as a player and I don't have anything negative to say about anything I've seen from him. So maybe that would be the right guy, at least a younger player who's been in in the NFL and now is just seemingly rising up the coaching ranks. Or maybe we should just promote Steve Belichick. Let's make Steve Belichick the next head coach of the Patriots. Let's get, let's get that bowl cutting uh you know awful haircut. I always have said that about Bella Belichick. If, if he's so smart, why does his kid have such a bad haircut? I don't know. You would have thought something might might rub off like you'd tell him like, hey son, uh, you know, can I take you to the barber's? Let's go. Let's go get that thing worked on a little bit. No, Dad, I really like this. I like this look for myself. Okay. Maybe Stevie should be the next coach of the the Patriots. Or maybe he should be on the next train out of town. There was rumors I heard on the radio the other day that Belichick's kids who coached the team were like, Dad, we don't want to have to go to another town and uplift our families. Oh, okay then. So Bill, in all likelihood, is coming back as coach of the Patriots. I'm here for it. He will battle. He will find a way to make us better next year, and I will find a way to make this show even better in our last segment, which is coming up here on The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. Snowboarding time of year, isn't it? The stormy weather is bringing snow with it. That's a good thing for the mountains. Boone Mountain, Pats Peak. It's cool to have New Hampshire area mountains. Go up there and do your skiing thing. Get away from the rigmarole of uh, day-to-day life because there's so much stuff going on out there that we need to just take a break from. I swear, I promise everybody, I'm going to finish up more on a positive note with today's episode of The Sports Machine with Slim. But first, got to get some rantings just off of my my chest. I will say tonight, I guess there's a political debate on CNN. Um, Nikki Haley and uh, Ron DeSantis will go at it because CNN has made the rules that uh, a couple other candidates apparently did not qualify. I'll just tell you something. The fact that Vivek Ramaswamy is not on that debate stage tonight is a complete travesty, complete scam. Believe me, that guy's going to poll wherever he's going to poll now. But when the election day comes, especially in New Hampshire, he's going to do much, much better than the media is telling you. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's an absolute travesty. This guy is working harder than any other candidate and trying to just stay to his his messaging. He believes what he believes. Whether you believe him or not is up to you. But to just not pretend that his voice is not being heard and embraced by a reasonably... Large chunk of uh, the population is just manipulation. So uh, that's one thing you could get away from and go skiing to not have to think about. You could also try to get away from the fact that uh, the SEC's Twitter account yesterday was hacked. Uh, X is really what it's called nowadays, not Twitter, right? But the SEC, the, uh, I mean, Financial Oversight Committee... (laughs) I guess it's a way to security and exchange commission, but they they oversee the financial industry in the, the United States and kind of the world. So they're kind of important. Well, yesterday for people that don't know, they sent out a tweet on their official X account that said that in fact, Bitcoin spot ETF applications had been approved. And instantly the crypto market took off and went crazy shooting up. Within a matter of minutes, it was found out that was not a com- correct or complete or true uh, statement. So then the price of crypto goes shooting down. Well, what the heck's going on here? Oh, apparently the X account for the SEC has been hacked. First day, if you look on CNBC, they tried to blame it on, t- on Twitter, on X, and said that X was hacked. No, 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 no. No, the account of the SEC was hacked. Why? Because they weren't using multi-factor authentication. True story. True story. That's what they say. I believe just complete manipulation in a space that is completely manipulated, as I have told people here in my circles for years. Just figure out how the manipulation game is played, and you can play it to your benefit, as some of us have been able to successfully do. Now we switch to the sporting world. What's going to happen with the Boston Celtics? As the season moves along. Jalen Brown post-game the other day. I'm going to tell you something. I absolutely loved. I loved what I heard from him. He said how the players are frustrated at what happened with the referee call that took the game away from them. And they're trying to build good habits. Win as many games as they possibly can. And to have that game stolen from them. Quote unquote, paraphrasing there, is infuriating. Well, let's see how the Boston Celtics respond tonight. They're back on the court against Minnesota. They host the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Love me some Anthony Edwards. If you don't watch too many Celtics games, you might want to watch this game tonight. The Minnesota Timberwolves, too, their record is rock solid. You look in the Western Conference, they're leading it. Minnesota is what, 20, 26 and 10. They're in first place in the West. Oklahoma City second, 24 and 11. So Minnesota's the best team from the West. Celtics are the best team in the East. The two are going to collide tonight. Anthony Edwards against, hopefully, Tatum and Brown. There we go. We've got a caller that wants to come on the air here, so I'm going to bite my tongue for a second. Go ahead there, caller.
3: Slim brother Dave. You know, I wanted to call up as soon as I heard you transition into the Celtics-Minnesota game tonight. I think that's a, that's a great game. Celtics have already lost to this team earlier this year when they didn't really know who they were. I'm, I'm looking forward to see if the Celtics actually remember that. If, if we've watched their last few weeks, they clearly remembered playing Indiana in the in-season tournament. They remembered losing to Orlando early. And then, and then they pummeled them back-to-back games. I'm wondering what their response is going to be tonight against the Timberwolves.
0: How you respond in these types of games, Dave, absolutely is a good indicator or predictor of what type of success we'll have in the playoffs.
3: Especially following that Indiana Pacers game, right? Like, So it would be easy for them to not focus on the game tonight. But these are the games that like, when you talk about winning a championship, I love what they did, like I said, against the Magic when they played them after losing earlier yes. in the year. I love what they did against the Pacers. Like, this is yes. one of those games if the Celtics come out there and they beat up on that team tonight, it just gives you that much more confidence. The Celtics are the team to
0: beat. They're 17-0 at home too, Dave. And I will say, if they win this game, I said it the other day, I think it was last Friday when we were playing Utah at home and beat them by like 30 or 30,000, um, I said, if the Celts win this game big, the chatter might start to talk turn towards can the Celtics go undefeated at home? I'll make a prediction that that actually maybe gets mentioned on the air tonight on the TV telecast. But if the Celts beat Minnesota at home tonight, they're 17-0, they'll move to 18-0, and just a clear delineation that they are the best team in the NBA. For sure if they win. Now, I don't know if they're going to win. They
3: play Milwaukee tomorrow. So between the Pacers, the way that game ended a couple nights ago, the Milwaukee game taking place tomorrow. Like the Celtics could very easily. This is a game. It's from somebody. It's, it's another conference. Even though they lost really this year, but I, I hope. I hope that I see the Celtics respond in a big way tonight.
0: Do you hope to see everybody play in both games of the back-to-back? I know we haven't talked about that at all today, but you got this game tonight. I want to win tonight. You got to win at home. Protect the home court. Don't be looking to toward tomorrow night. It shouldn't matter at all from a mindset for the players. What about for the coaches? Like, do you say, oh, we're going to try and sit a couple of these guys? Other than Al, Al Horford can take a night off, fine. But the rest of them, I want to play him.
3: Well, I don't know which night Al will play, but he only plays one on back-to-back. He's done that now for over a year. But I will say, when it comes to the Milwaukee on the back end of a, a, a second or uh, second night of a back-to-back, last year they had that same scenario, and they ended up sitting three, three or four of their starters. The game was very competitive. Celtics yeah. lost in the last minute of the Milwaukee last year. So it's very, you know, I think likely that they will sit some guys tomorrow. They've got a four-game lead on Milwaukee. I hope they don't. As a fan, I hope they don't. I love the competitiveness, and I just I think it's an, an, an absolute opportunity to put your stamp on a season and against a team that you know you're going to have to play in the postseason and let them know, like, you can't beat us.
0: Would I be wrong to start ranting tomorrow on the show and just be angry Slim if the Celtics win tonight and play everybody, and then I find out tomorrow that, like, Brown and Tatum, for some reason, aren't going to play at Milwaukee. If you got two games and you need, you want to win, one of them, wouldn't you say? Well, we're going to save guys to play against our conference rival at Milwaukee instead of playing them tonight.
3: Maybe, but they've they've just done this over the last year, so I'm not, it's hard to be mad when you know that this is something that they've done. I fully expect the Tatum Brown to play tonight. You know, Sam Hauser will be back after sitting out that game in Indiana. They try to get these guys some rest. So, do I want them to? Absolutely not. Would I be mad if they benched them tomorrow as opposed to tonight? I mean, I think logically as fans, you say, well, you'd rather win against Milwaukee. But ultimately, a win is a win. And if you think you have a better chance of winning at home tonight, and you're going to rest guys in one of the two games, you might as well do it on the road in the back in the second night of a back-to-back.
0: The Celtics are 28-8, second place in the Eastern Conference of the Milwaukee Bucks at 25-12. and So the Celts have a four-game advantage in the loss column. Here's what I'm telling you. The Celtics are good enough to win tonight with giving plenty of minutes to O'Shea Brissett, Sam Hauser, Peyton Pritchard. I don't care if we play the guy Cato, especially tomorrow. Cato, I'd love to see him match up a little bit against against Giannis and see what happens with that. Now that that's why I'm saying you got plenty of time and minutes available for the starters for Jalen for Br- for uh, Tatum to play you know, 28 minutes tonight and play the same amount tomorrow night, Dave.
3: You do, you do, but you know, like I said, historical data says they don't like to do it, so we're gonna find out tomorrow.
0: You're a historical data guy. I'm more emotional. I just want my guys to play every single game. I know uh, I was talking yesterday with Jane Cormier, who hosts a couple of shows here on the WKXL radio airwaves sometimes, and she, she was like, I don't get these guys. They don't play every day. Larry Bird would always be playing in every single game. They'd never take any days off back then.
3: You know, it is funny. I've heard that same thing from my father. And your <laughs> father, by the way. And so I went in, I went in and I pulled games played by Larry Bird. And Larry Bird only played the full 82 games, I think it was three times in his career, and it was the first two years he was in the league with the first two. Other than that, he was under 80 every time. Jason Tatum plays the same amount of games as what Larry Bird did back in his heyday.
0: There we go. Nice work, nice contribution, my brother Dave, talking some uh, comparables of Jason Tatum and Larry Bird. We love to be able to bring... The hick from French Lick in from uh, for the, the Sports Machine with Slim. As the commercial music starts to rally, thanks, Dave, for calling the show. WKXL Radio, it's the Sports Machine with Slim, live every weekday, 10 to 11, 1450 a.m., 103.9 FM in Concord 101.9 FM in Manchester WKXL Radio New Hampshire NH NHtalkradio.com I'll try to do better tomorrow everybody Have a good day out there Happy anniversary hon